1: Oh.
2: Hallelujah
1: Yeah
3: This is Bobby Okereke, inside linebacker for the Indianapolis Colts, and you are tuning into the Blue Stable Podcast.
4: Welcome, welcome, welcome back to the Blue Stable. I'm sorry if I hurt anybody's ears right there, guys, but you already know what it is. It's time to get back into the football mode. Football is back. Guys, we have a preseason game coming up. We'll get into that just later on in the show, guys. We're going to talk about the unofficial Colts depth chart that was released today. Destin was back at training camp on Sunday, and we got to talk about what he he what he saw. But Before we do that, guys, we got to introduce everybody here. Uh, Rashad. Rashad McGinnis, Big Money Bags McGinnis. What's up, man? How, how,
2: how you been? You can't call me Money Bags no more. I'm not the one that's at training camp. Destin is the man. Now. Destin has taken the crown and ran with it. Whoa, whoa, so. whoa. I,
3: don't, I don't show up to training camp in five-star suits or anything, though.
2: Hey, but you're there, and I'm not. I haven't been to training camp. I'm just stuck watching Destin's tweets, who does an awesome job going play-by-play. Play, just giving you a breakdown while the event is going on. Destin is the best live tweeter I've seen so far at training camp, so make sure y'all follow him at I ain't even gonna say it's Hollywood. He got a Hollywood at name. His, his at name is a lot sexier than mine. So y'all follow it. I'm pretty sure Mike has it over here somewhere. Wrong I think side? it's the other
3: way. I see. I think it's the other Oh, okay. Way. All right. This side. Yeah. It's all good. Just, just point it everywhere. Just cover all the bases <laughs> right, up, right. down, left, right. It's make sure y'all follow Destiny,
2: though, because he's gonna be at a couple of more uh, training camp uh, practices. So y'all make sure y'all catch that live tweet. He does a great job at doing it. And if you wanna stay tapped in, that's one of the best ways to do so, man.
4: Hey, man, that is. Uh, I'm gonna still be calling you Big Money Bags, man, because again, you outdressed everybody at the combine. Uh, but Destin, we could always go with Big Bank Hank, right, Destin? <laughs>
3: hey, I mean, Bank there's Hank. there's a lot there's a lot of them. I mean, I, I I like gated community gated community shots. Someone commented that a while back. Really? Uh, yeah. So, someone commented that a while back. I think it was while you were at the draft. Let me they, search they, they that. Um, I think I, th- I think it was something like like I bet he lives in a gated community or something. <laughs> uh, but um, I, don't, I, I really don't even remember who it was. But um, it, Train Cat's been cool, man. I mean, Sunday was hot, like. Oh my gosh, it was hot. There were people getting dragged out because they were passing out because it was so hot. I mean, really? shout out to the shout out to the Grand Park staff though. They were making sure to get water to people when they saw that they needed it. Um, some places would upcharge water on hot days, um, so shout out them for making some water even easily accessible and free for people if uh they, if it looked like they needed it. And I'm telling you, there were people that looked like they needed it. <laughs>
4: Speaking of water, guys, we are starting off the Blue Stable podcast hot, ladies and gentlemen. So before y'all keep this show going, go and get y'all's water, coffee, soda, whatever you're doing to, you know, listen to the show, whether if it's early morning or whatever the case may be. Yeah, so we're going to get into what you saw at training camp. All right. This is your second time out there. The first time there was no pads. They were still, you know, in their shorts and helmets and everything. But now the pads have come on. Some guys have emerged as big time risers. Some guys have kind of fallen a little bit in the mud. But I'm gonna give the reins to you, man. But before I do that, y'all, y'all know what it is to help the Blue Stable grow. I need you to like, comment, share, subscribe. Remember, we are still running this jersey giveaway. But to get there, we have to get to 1,000 subscribers. All of y'all did a good job. Y'all really did a good job. But there's still some little people out there that still keep coming back and aren't hitting that subscribe button. So the button that just showed up right here or right here, whichever one, I need you to hit that subscribe button. The notification bell just rang. Y'all need to hit that hit that subscribe button and hit the notification bell. That way you are notified every time. Something is dropped on the Blue Stable channel. We have all kinds of things coming to you guys for the 2022 NFL season. So, again, subscribe so we can get this thing to 1,000 subscribers and start this jersey giveaway. Now, now, Rashad, what's up, man? You got your hand up. What's up?
2: I just want to uh, tell everybody, make sure y'all go check out my season preview article. Offensive edition and defensive edition is out now on the website. If you haven't seen it, you can't. I don't know what you're doing with yourself, me personally. I really don't know what you're doing with yourself. Go check that out. Do yourself a favor. Get in tune. Learn who the coach will lean on throughout this season, offensively and defensively. And I will really appreciate that.
4: God, lead. Rashad, Rashad, first off, you (laughs) deliver mail Monday through Friday, and you delivering mail through the website? Man, he just gives us mail on all fronts.
2: Hey man, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta pay for pay for the lights in this gated community. <laughs> <I live. laughs> you still gotta pay for that ceiling, huh? Yeah. Oh man, it, it's back though. We good. We it's, no, it's leak proof. <laughs> it's back
4: though, guys. Destin, man, let's take some control here real quick, man. What's up? Tell us about training camp and what 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 was your little takeaway from it?
3: Yeah. So um, Rashad's out here shouting out articles, so I might as well shout out my own as well. Um, for any other additional information that you may not hear on the pod today, just make sure you guys go check out the article I put out from being at training camp on Sunday. my, oh, my overall takeaways, some shocking de- de- players showing out. Um, just make sure you're checking that out. We'll have the link in the bio, but also just make sure you're subscribing to all of our articles, a bunch of writers putting out great content over at the bluestable.com. Make sure you're not missing any of that, but I'm going to start out with the offensive side of the ball. Uh, Sunday was rough for the offense, guys. Um, You guys probably saw it on Twitter. Um, I saw that they rebounded a little bit Monday, um, getting a little bit back on track. But it's normal um, early on in training camp for the defense to be getting the better of the offense. But it was a little weird because the offense has had good days before that. And it's just like – Friday they had to run before the Sunday practice because they just didn't practice up to par to Frank's, um, to coach Reich's par. Um, so then to come out on Sunday and they just got their tail whipped the entire day, the offensive line just could not hold up for either side. And it it was just rough. There were very few highlight plays for a lot of guys because of it. Um, but I'll highlight some of the guys on offense that kind of showed out for me. So Nick Foles, um, you're not going to hear much about a backup quarterback often, but going from last year, having to watch these second year Jacob Easton, rookie year, Sam Ellinger, and we were having to watch those guys with the ones and the twos. So getting a guy like Nick Foles with the twos, man, it's 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 helping a lot of these receivers be able to put out some co- put out something for these coaches. Um, Kiki QT, you've heard his name at least once a practice because he's been able to find a way to make a highlight play. Desmond Patman finds a way to get a big catch at least once or two um, in practice. I'm not sure I'm going to pronounce this guy's name, but I'm not hearing him much. And I mentioned him a little bit in my article. Samson Nautica, I believe is how you pronounce it. Um, Receiver, 86 on the roster. You'll have to look it up a little bit. Every practice I've been at, he's made a highlight play. Um, And we're going to get into the depth chart a little bit early later, but um, he he actually ended up getting listed um, on the three spot for the receipt for the second outside receiver role. Um, So probably just missing the roster, basically, when you look at the cuts and how they'll fall. Um, He's been a shocker. Um, He's out there. He's making plays. He has a good enough speed on the outside. He gets separation. And more, I just haven't seen him drop the ball and Sunday was huge for drops the tight end room really really struggled Granson had a few drops which is a common thing in his game so far in practice Jelani Woods had multiple drops the offense just overall Sunday was rough it it was a rough experience to watch um, at least in the 7 on 7 and 11 on 11 drills Um, and one-on-ones and things like that they probably found ways to make highlight plays and give guys chances for the day obviously but when they were playing against a live defense, when you were watching them against the secondary, when you were watching them against DBs um, and, and the defensive line, they just could not put it together. Uh, whether that was Matt Ryan, whether that was the offensive line just not holding up, it was just a rough day. Um, and Matt Ryan had a good take on it after practice, um, sharing that even in those kind of bad practices, there's good things that come out of it. Um, they know what they did wrong on sunday it's what he kept saying um and they know what they have to fix and he said that's a good thing to go against um but going to the defensive side of the ball where you're going to get a little bit more positives the defensive line is deep guys and we haven't been able to say that in a minute so i know michael his heart's probably skipping a beat when he hears that but the starters obviously are getting theirs i mean the starters have been pretty copy and paste every practice um, you have Pay, you have Grover, you have Buckner, you have Yannick on the line. But the guys behind them are even showing out a little bit. Um, when the second-team defense has played the first-team offense, um, Ben Banigou has been pretty much the backup Leo the entire way. Um, and so you're seeing him perform. You're seeing Dio move a little interior, out exterior, um, playing some of that Leo role as a big Leo, um, I may add, because Dio is a big dude. But there's been multiple other guys. One of the big things that I think shocked me the most in Sunday's practice was we've talked a lot about it. We thought the run defense was going to be something the Colts are going to struggle in this year because of the switch in the defensive line aggression and how they're going to play under Nate Ali. But the run defense was a solid Sunday. Taylor wasn't getting holes. Um, Hines wasn't getting holes. And one guy that a lot of people haven't talked a lot about, R.J. McIntosh, uh, interior defensive lineman, was a huge part of that in the second team. He was swallowing up guys. Um, and then the last positive I want to share from Sunday's practice, and you've heard it everywhere, and I want to end with it because he's that good. Stefan Gilmore has not lost a step. There, there's people that have discredited it. There are people that have been trying to talk about his last year in Carolina, blada, blada, blada. The Colts are getting a shell of Gilmore, whatever you want to say. But Gilmore didn't just look like the best DB on the field Sunday. He looked like the best player on the field. Gilmore was reading routes, breaking up passes, took took a pick six off Ryan to the house in seven on sevens just by breaking – just making a solid jump on an in route, taking the ball from Paris, and just gone. Gilmore is going to be that guy, guys. And they're, they're throwing them a little everywhere. They're putting them on Pierce. You guys seen those sound bites where they're trying to get, see what Pierce is. So they're putting Gilmore on him. Gilmore's on Paris. Gilmore's on Pittman. Pittman has one routes against Gilmore. Don't get me wrong. But Gilmore has held his own against Pittman, who I think is going to jump into that top 15 receiver realm, no matter what, maybe higher. Um, so I'm, I'm really, really excited about Stefan Gilmore and it's an every practice thing, but seeing it Sunday, that was the best practice I've seen live from him for sure.
2: Yeah, man. I mean, everybody that that's been at training camp has been raving about Stefan Gilmore. I wrote about it in my article. I said, I believe I said that this was the best cornerback addition since Vontae Davis uh, years ago. I know people was excited the way Xavier Rose played. But when you look at Xavier Rose, he was coming off of a terrible, terrible year. And his first year with Indianapolis was a pleasant surprise, but no one expected him to be that. Gilmore has never had that kind of a fall off. You know, the only questions with him was injuries, was his ability to stay healthy. When he came back with Carolina last year, he definitely showed flashes of being the guy that he's being practiced in and practiced out this year so i'm excited to have it man it's been a long time like i said since the coach had a bona fide number one and i think that just makes the job easier on, on julian blackman who's going to have the middle of the field it's going to have to play over the top of these guys He can cheat a little now to the cornerback two side because you don't really have to worry much about gilmore gilmore is going to hold this side of the field down and i think that's a big positive for him.
3: This episode is sponsored by Ticket IQ. Colts preseason and regular season is right around the corner, and if you want money off Colts tickets, Ticket IQ is offering five percent off your ticket order right now if you use the promo code Blue Stable at checkout. That's Blue Stable, not the the Blue Stable, Blue Stable, and you'll get five percent off any Colts ticket. Additionally, Ticket IQ has A plus deals right now for Week One against Kansas City, um, the home opener against Kansas City, the cheapest no fee ticket. I just want to emphasize that again to you guys. No fee ticket. When I'm shopping tickets, fees get me every single time. I don't like seeing my tickets reading $199 to buy, and then it ends up being like $239 at checkout. (laughs) If you see a ticket right now for the Kansas City Chiefs week three at $129, it's $129 at checkout. And right now, For eight more dollars, section 606, row nine, in the corner at the bottom of the upper level, you can get a ticket to the Chiefs home opener for $137. And when you use that promo code, that price is going to even go down. So make sure you use that promo code, Blue Stable, and go check out Ticket IQ today. Shout out Ticket IQ, ladies and gentlemen. Once again, Ticket
4: IQ, 5% off. Go and get that discount as always. Now, guys, I hear all the things y'all were saying, but now we got to get into the depth chart because the depth chart was released earlier today and it's it's unofficial, but it gives you a little bit of a look of what, you know, what what the coaches are are thinking right now, okay? So, let's go from top to bottom. We already know, okay? There're going to be some positions where we really don't need to harp on too much. There's going to be some that there's going to be some good conversations in, okay? So, guys, let's kick it off. Quarterbacks. We already know what it is, man. Matt Ryan, first-teamer. Nick Foles, second-teamer. Third-strings, well, they're all compiled together. Sam Ellinger and Jack
3: Cone. Who, care? Who cares about 13 quarterbacks?
2: None of these guys will be on the 53.
3: We are not. I, I don't want to overreact. I don't. But if the Colts kept three quarterbacks on the 53 with so many of these other spots where there's just so many guys that are going to get cut that we don't want to get cut, I may lose it if I have to watch Sam Ellinger make the roster and one of these receivers get cut because of him.
4: Hey, Destin, real quick, whose personality do you think is better? Sam
3: Ellinger or Jack Cone? Whose personality is better? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know much about Cone's personality. <laughs> uh, <laughs> to I mean he went to Notre he went to, he was at Notre Dame, transferred in from Wisconsin, right? So a big ten kid before. Hey
4: man, if his five, personality five gets years. any better, Sam Ellinger might make the roster. I'm just saying.
3: They they are currently competing to see who can go through waivers to get on the practice squad. In my opinion, <laughs>
4: <laughs> they're see, battling it out for waivers.
3: Yeah, whoever who whoever waivers? yeah whoever clears waivers, man. They're they they got the spot. All
4: that right, well, man. Rashad, man, where are you at? Quarterbacks? Any any take on them at all?
2: Look, Mike, save my opinions for the important positions. You know, quarterback is settled. Quarterback one, quarterback two. We, we know what it is. We All know right. what it is. Two guys that played in the got, Super Bowl.
3: We got Frank Reich as QB three. There you facts. go. Big there facts. You go.
4: <laughs> That's the quarterback room, everybody. Of course, not much to talk about there. Running backs could possibly maybe, and eh, it's not really going to be much of a conversation. Jonathan Taylor, <laughs> the league's leading rusher last year uh obviously we know where he's at naheem hines obviously mixed in there obviously if you look at the depth chart there's a lot of guys mixed in there May, makes it look like oh is that you know running back three running back four no they're all compiled together and they're behind jonathan taylor and naheem hines behind naheem hines philip Lindsay seems to have that lead a little bit uh you know he's followed by deon jackson cj verto tyson william Devonte price Basically, it's gonna. I think that third team guy is gonna be about who can do some spot duty and you know what their impact on special teams is. Uh, Philip Lindsay obviously sounds like he's been doing pretty well. Uh, he you know he looks like his, you know his older self a little bit. He's hitting the hole a lot quicker than he was in Houston, and he just he just looks much better so far. But Destin, where are you at on these running backs?
3: Yeah, I mean Taylor Hines. Their, their their spots are locked up, obviously, and Hines is gonna kind of sprinkle in in the receiver realm of things as well as that that running back too. Um, the trying to predict if they keep three or four running backs has been interesting. Um, it feels like if they go the three route, Philip Lindsay um, will be that guy who gets that third spot. Um, if they decide to go four, it's going to be really, really interesting. I thought, I thought Devonte price when he was out there before he got hurt, um, looked like the fourth best guy when he's out there. Um, and just the splurts of how many big plays he was able to make, um, CJ Verdell's had good moments. The team likes Dion Jackson a lot from being here. Um. Those are the guys that have showed to me that if they decide to keep forward, probably be the lead in consideration, I guess. Um, But I I think Taylor, Hines, Lindsay, um, those three will will be here.
4: Okay, I got a curveball for you. Okay, three
3: running backs make the roster. Taylor, Hines,
4: Lindsay, what two running backs or one running back, whichever one you prefer, which one or two do you think the Colts will keep on the practice squad?
3: I mean, it's just all about who gets through waivers, really. I mean, um, Price was undrafted. Verdell was undrafted. Jackson was undrafted. Um, and then Tyson Williams is a guy who's who was a free agent um, that came in from Baltimore, so he's a vet. Um, it just depends on what they want. I mean, if, if they had to waive Deion Jackson, it seemed like they like him a lot. So if he got through waivers, he'd probably be the top guy that they'd want on the practice squad, if I had to guess.
4: Not even a damn mention of Devontae Price. Screw you. Hey, I
3: like I like Devontae Price. We talked about this during <laughs> draft season. He was one of those guys I would have loved for them to take a flyer on the seventh round. They ended up getting even a better deal and got him undrafted. Hey, we team Devontae Price over here, man. We team Devontae Price over here. If he if he didn't get hurt, I feel like he would have a very inside track if they kept four running backs. But the fact that he's not been out there at practice for what however what is it now? Five five straight, four straight. Um okay. they, It's hard. If you're undrafted, it's hard to miss reps. And it's not his fault, obviously, because he's hurt. But if you're an undrafted guy, you cannot miss these reps right now. They're just too valuable. Yeah.
4: Right now, you don't want to be injured. And we're actually going to get into a a position group where somebody happens to be injured, not looking too great for them in terms of their chances of making the roster. And that's going to be the wide receiver room. Now, just like Destin said, you know, deciding whether the Colts are going to keep three or four running backs, it's The same thing is going on for the wide receiver room, whether they're going to keep five or six wide receivers. I don't think seven, I'm not going to say it's not a possibility, but right now you really look at that, you know, the the quality of five through nine or five through seven. Are you just better off, you know, sticking with five? So let's talk about the wide receivers that the Colts are looking at right now, how things are constructed, constructed on this depth chart. Michael Pittman, clearly wide receiver one, wide receiver two, Paris Campbell, wide receiver three, Alec Pierce. So those will be your starters. Now, coming in behind them, Ashton Doolin has that wide receiver four. Kiki Kuti, who Destin uh, mentioned earlier in the show. Kiki Kuti is listed as wide receiver five. And then you got Desmond Patman. Isaiah Ford is thrown in there. Samson Nakua, who uh Destin uh, mentioned earlier again. Mike Strawn, the guy who... You know, took preseason by storm last year. Obviously entered into training camp with an injury. Not looking too great for him because, again, everybody's battling and he's on on the sidelines, unfortunately. Not his fault. He's he's injured. Then you got DeMichael Harris. You got Michael Young. And then you got Ethan Ferreira, DJ Montgomery. So, uh, for the wide receivers, we already know who these four guys are. But from what you've seen in practice, and Rashad, I want you to get in here a little bit as well, if you're just thinking they stick with five wide receivers and that fifth guy, they got to decide it. Right now, they say, right now, it's looking like it could be Kiki Kuti. What separates him from what you've seen? Because he he's sort of a vet. He's been in the league for a while. What separates him from the other guys, like a Michael Young, a Desmond Patman? You know, because he's clearly separating himself from the rest of the pack.
3: Um, I mean, I started out by saying that Kiki, every single practice has been back on punt returns, been participating in kick returns so that he has that element going in his way as well, that they, if they're going to keep that fifth receiver, um, fifth, sixth receiver, they're going to want him on special teams as well. Um, so him having a clear cut role to be there in the special teams area, that makes a lot of sense, but also Kiki's just look good, man. I mean, when, when he came in last year, chilled on the practice squad a little bit as one of those protected spots that they were able to have over the last couple of years. He, he was dealing with some injuries. He wasn't really all the way there, but he was signing because they saw something. And I mean, we, we always used to talk about it. He torched Indianapolis. I mean, if you go through his highlight reel, it's pretty much a versus Indianapolis highlight reel for QT. Um and when you watch him in training camp, I mean he creates separation. He has really reliable hands for an interior guy um for being that slot. So it didn't shock me at all that he was listed as Paris Campbell's backup right now on the depth chart as the backup slot um and why he has the inside run right now. Um and the thing that I'm really interested about and I, we could have a conversation about this. So with strong I'm really curious. So it's a knee injury. Obviously um, he ended up having a surgery this off season. Um, not, not much details out there about that right now, but I'm curious if they decide to go the season pup route. Um, Cause then you don't have to slide him through waivers. Um, you keep him on the injury list. He misses those first six games, no matter what. And then if they decide to go six receivers, when he comes back, um, then, because they like the kid, man. They do. Like, you hear it when you talk to anybody out there, any of the coaches. Like, they see something in this kid. And maybe if Desmond Patman was going out there and just – impressing every single person day in day out that wouldn't be something in the back of their mind I think Patman's fine I really I, I think Patman is a five a six receiver across the league on a lot of teams I really do and I think if he goes through waivers somebody picks him up because I do think he has talent in a spot somewhere in the league but he just hasn't separated himself enough for them to stop thinking about the potential they know strong has so to me I think the best route they can go, because they're not going to feel comfortable enough to give him a spot over some of these guys without practicing. They're just not. And if this knee injury is going to hold him out, put him on the season pup, he misses those first six games, but you don't have to waive him. You don't have to worry about him being a roster spot. So you you basically just get to hold him for free for six weeks. That's what I would do if I was the Colts.
2: I think, man, that strong situation is uh, it's a pretty dicey one. It's pretty tricky. It's a guy that we know this time last year. We was actually wondering if he can be a contributor uh, somewhere down the line on this team. And things just kind of broke bad for him. You know, he played early. He had a couple of hiccups. So they decided to sit him. And then he just got injured at one of the most unfortunate times there is, man. I, did, I never thought about the pup route. Um, that's interesting. And I actually like that more than him just being cut. Cause I don't think he clears waivers if he is cut. There's it, no way they're going to get him back to the practice squad. Um, he has connections in the league. You know, Michael Irvin is his uh, godfather, I believe. You know, I'm pretty sure a lot of people know about Mike Strong. The hype train picked up pretty thick in preseason last year. So I'm sure there's people that, that's, that's tapped in. And checking in on them as well, you know, wondering what the Colts are going to do with that roster spot. Hopefully they find a way to, like you say, put them on pup the first six weeks and then decide to keep six wide receivers. Because looking at this group, no one outside of, you know, separating the top four from this. uh, It's been pretty much Kiki Kuti show, really. You know, we see a couple of splash plays from different guys every now and then. Um, Samson, uh, we saw the, the, the one hand catch by Michael Young for a touchdown in one of the one on one reps. We see spot plays, but the only guy that's continuing to win on routes and, and get separation and has really good chemistry with Nick Foles. Is Kiki Kuti, and he's proven already. we seen him do it in the NFL. He did it to us, you know, while he was a member of the Texans. So we saw firsthand what he can do. I'm pretty sure that played into the fact of why Chris Ballard even decided to bring the guy in, who knows better than Ballard. Um, it, it pretty much seems like it's locked. You know, set five guys. Uh, Desmond Patman just has not taken the step that I think they were expecting him to take. Now, there's three preseason games for him to change this outlook. But, you know, this is a guy who actually played in, in the Arizona game last year, a significant game that the coach needed to win. He actually played and caught a touchdown, caught his first career touchdown. So this is a guy they trust, but he has not taken that next step that they'd expect in his development. And Entering year three, you know, this is a crucial period for him, and I think there's a lot of pressure on him coming into this preseason game at Buffalo Saturday. So yeah. ju- just,
3: just – I'm sorry, Mike, but so the for the QT statement as well, the big one that I guess we didn't even share about is Paris looks good in camp. He does, but there's still that cloud that's going to be over every person's head is can he stay healthy this year? So you have to keep that fifth receiver in the light of, I mean, Doolin obviously has that four spot on lock right now and he could slide into the interior as well. But I feel like that just makes that interior spot even more important in this depth conversation um, of why Kiki has looked so good and how he can slide in. Cause Doolin can play, be a depth guy on the outside. He really can. He's shown it in camp. He's, he's having a really, really strong camp. I know it's said everywhere. I know we mentioned that he has that four spot on lock right now, but I think it just needs to be said very clearly that Doolin looks like he has taken a huge step as a receiver. Like, I'm really interested to see how it all plays out, but his route running looks better. He's learning how to use that speed and leverage it on defenders. He's learning how to high point the football, use those hands as an asset. Um, Like he looks like a guy who's going to play receiver. I'm really curious for the gunner position, what they're going to do, because with Doolin taking the step here, I could see him just not being a gunner at all. And they use him in that receiver route, especially if they only keep five receivers. They're not going to throw, keep five receivers and then Doolin be the gunner as well. They're not going to do it.
4: Wide receiver is definitely something that everybody needs to keep an eye on. Obviously, you have three preseason games to be able to watch and take in your own opinion about these guys. Next up is going to be the tight end room, and this one is a little bit more interesting because obviously Mo'Ali Cox is your tight end one, but everything after him has always been a question mark, has always been, you know, has been an unknown, really. So now someone is actually separating themselves from the pack. And that would be Kylan Grantson, who has obviously his spring was, a, was very, very up and down, very inconsistent. But his training camp, obviously, training camp is, is much better. His, his feel is much better. His route running is much better. Catching the ball at a more consistent rate instead of the drops that he had in spring. And then obviously behind them, you got Drew Ogletree. You got Jelani Wood. And then you got a Nicola Conlick and then Michael Jacobson. Those are going to be obviously your um, five and six tight ends. I don't think they'll. the Colts will keep five and six tight ends. I don't think yeah. they would. So, uh, Dustin, if you would like to just focus on these four and not give any love to Nicola or Jacobson, that, that is all up to you. But talk to us real real quick. Before we get into the Drew Ogletree, and he has been a riser in camp, before we get into the woods, I want to focus on Kylan Grantson real quick, okay? Because this is a guy, obviously, who, I, I mean, me, myself, I've obviously, since the draft, uh, propped up Jelani Woods. There have been other people that have propped up Jelani Woods, but he's a rookie, so you all, you always question who's going to be that tight end, too. Kylan Grantson, what is he doing in camp to basically separate, separate himself from the pack.
3: Yeah, I mean, snap-wise, it's definitely Moali Cox has the majority of the first team. Then Granson has a pretty solid cut over Ogletree and Woods. Um, and the big one is whenever Granson's in with Ryan, Ryan looks his way a lot. Um, he he really likes to find Granson in the middle of the field, get him the ball, let him move with it. We saw his run after catch used a little bit last year and little splurts here and there, but I really think they like that ability out of him. He's still having drop issues in practice. That that that's going to be a thing that is something to watch. Um, Sunday I counted two, um, a possible third that I didn't end up contributing to him as the defender was right there. So I won't give it to him but had two clear drops on sunday even and it it feels like he has a drop at at least every day in camp and um ryan kind of mentioned it a little bit um the drops are not the end of the world in practice we, we need to get into the game see what happens in the live action let it play out but like that that's an issue that he's gonna have to fix because there's nothing that can drop you on a depth chart quicker been key drops in games um, especially with a guy like matt ryan who is going to demand excellence from these guys on the field demand that you're in the right spots demand that you're doing your role correctly you drop a ball right there i mean we're gonna they're, you're gonna hear him in press conferences preach the um forget that play move on um, but they're gonna be forgetting that play and moving on on the bench so um <laughs> but and then after granson the woods and ogletree conversation ogletree I mean, the Colts did a little line under um, on the depth chart to kind of make it so it's not official. It's the first depth chart. But, I mean, Drew Ogletree is the three and Woods is the four right now. A lot of people may be surprised by that. And I don't think it's as much as – Woods has been worse than expected because Woods was drafted as a raw prospect. He was, I mean, you see it out there in the route running. He gets lost a little bit here and there. The speed is evident though. He's a big dude. He has pretty sure hands. He had some drops on Sunday, like the but the entire team had some very uncharacteristic drops, but Woods through camp usually when he's thrown the ball has been able to catch it. It's just, he's not been able to, connect the speed with route running yet doing it as a pro that's going to come along it's something guys struggle with early on but drew ogletree just seems more pro ready he's a receiver guy who transferred over to tight end so i think he has a little bit more skills in the route running realm so he looks a little bit more comfortable out there he also is ginormous i mean woods is a big guy but you add the fact that ogletree has the hair on top of it <laughs> Um, gives him another inch or two Um, he's just a very thick guy uh, very beefy in the shoulders like he's a ginormous guy so the woods thing right now with him struggling I think it just has given Ogletree the chance to show what he can do, has made some acrobatic catches. It doesn't shock me at all that he's tight end three right now. I think those are the four tight ends that are getting kept no matter what, and I think they're going to try to keep them all fresh and kind of give them all different roles throughout the year um, and spread it out. Moelle Cox will dominate the first-team snaps, like no no question there. But I think Granson, Ogletree, Woods, they're going to have very specific roles for all of them because all four of them have gotten first-team snaps.
4: Is there any concern early on, you know, right now from where you're from, where, what, you know, today, what you've seen, there's obviously question marks behind Moali Cox. And I think Mo Ali Cox himself is somewhat of a question mark to a certain degree. As far as tight end one, he's proven he can be tight end two and, and tight end three. That's not a question, but after Mo Ali Cox, when it comes to Granson raw prospects, like you said, in Ogletree in woods, do you do you think there could the Colts can find themselves in a situation to where these guys Granson Woods Ogletree are just too raw where they're kind of making too many mistakes and it's costing us through the season and could you see possibly them go maybe a vet tight end right now sitting here today could do you think that somewhere they can go
3: no I, I don't because it's I mean, they'd have to keep five tight ends eventually, then, because they're not getting rid of any of these guys. They, they like the potential of Grants and Ogletree, Woods, and to go get a vet. And I, we hadn't talked about Moali Cox a lot there because the young guys are just the talk, talk of the town right now. But Moali Cox has been, looked clearing away the best tight end in the room. He really has. He's looked improved as a route runner. Um, I feel like he has the least drop issues of any of them. And obviously, he's the best surefire blocker out there in the tight end room. He is the guy. He's out there teaching these guys. He's out there coaching them up. Like He's being a true vet. He really is. He's taken on that role with Doyle gone, obviously. And Boy Cox is impressed. I think he has shown that he's the number one guy right now. And the guys behind him, I think it'll be those four. And I think the depth chart of it could switch week to week via what the game plan of it is. And Ogletree and Woods are going to see their snaps. They're going to outsnap Granson, like in the red zone aspect of it. But I think they're going to really try to use Granson in the middle of the field and things like
0: that because they keep using it in camp. But that is a constant with the first team reps that he's seen. Well, Colin Granson,
2: uh, to me, is, is clearly, like, I see why he's listed nu- as number two. You know, he's a completely different body type from everybody else in the room. You know, the way he wins is different from everyone. He wins in a short area a lot easier. and He gets separation a lot quicker than those other guys because th- th- their body types is just different. You know, Grantson, I love his role in this offense, the Trey Burden-type role, that we saw from him uh, two years ago, you know, I think a lot of people are not giving him his credit because of his size. He's not the big guy, he's not the flashy guy, but he can work some of that underneath stuff too that Doyle used to do in his role. I know he's not the blocker that Doyle was, of course not, but you're gonna have to find a way to get Colin Grantson in the ball. And I think that's who we've been seeing from Frank Wright in training camp. I, They've seen they been getting into him in all different type of ways, he even caught a pitch that he ran in for a touchdown and he lined up in a backfield. You know, you have to get creative with a guy like like Colin Granson and find ways to get him the ball. I think you do that. Drew Ogletree is a guy I've known the Coast to love for a couple of years. Now I've been saying it. We've been saying it. Actually, me and Destin, uh, we known for a while that the coach loved Ogletree. He's a guy been on the older side. So it's not surprising to see he's a little more polished it didn't. Jelani Woods. Jelani Woods is more like the freak athlete, the ball of clay, a guy you want to mold. You know, pretty much similar in the vein that Mo' Cox was when he came. You know, he was just completely raw. Was a basketball player. They turned him into what he is today. And I think Jelani Woods has even more potential than that. You know, his upside is is even higher than Mo' Ali Cox's was. But it's gonna take some time. You know, for him to get used to the NFL speed, for him to develop as a blocker, learn a playbook learn a scheme. You know, that's all going to take time. Drew Ogletree, like I said, 24 years old, be 25 coming up pretty soon. And I think he is just developed more right now. And I think he has upside as well. And I seen him make a lot of plays in the red zones. He's a big target. They're going to look to get him the ball as much as they can. But I think clearly one and two will be Moelle Cox and Colin Granson, as long as Colin Granson can stop dropping a football. That's literally the only knock I have with him. He'll never be a great blocker. He's never be as good as blocker as those two, three guys that I'm speaking about. But he can do different things that they can't do, such as run routes, get separation, and just be a mismatch for the offense.
4: Definitely good stuff. Good stuff, as always, guys, on the Blue Stable podcast. Let's move on to the offensive line here a little bit because there's actually some interesting things if you look at this depth chart there's some interesting interesting things going on now Braden Smith Brian Kelly Quentin Nelson we don't have to get into too much of that but real quick obviously all three of them had a little bit of an up and down season last year uh real quick Destin how how have those three specifically those three how have they looked do they look like they got a little bit of their step back uh you know you said the other day it was evident on Twitter The offensive line was getting their asses handed to them. How do they look in general though? Do they look a little bit more better, more healthier?
3: I mean, the only one that has gone down in, uh, practice at all was Ryan Kelly Um, he went down at one point and had to miss like the end of camp practice but was there full padded up ready for Sunday's practice afterwards Um, so the biggest thing right now is they've all stayed healthy Um, not every team can say that about their offensive line so far through camp so that's the big one right now and again early on in camp it's a very evident thing that the defense gets the offense's number so I'm curious to see how they hold up come Preseason, Like, let's see what who are these guys are going to play. Um, but I'm not all that concerned about any of them yet. I mean, I think Matt Pryor had the best practice that he's probably had. Um, and we, I know we're not talking about him yet, but I think he had his best practice Sunday when we were out there um, holding his own a little bit, trying to stamp that week one starter spot that it looks like he's inching closer to having. Um, so I, I think the starters are kind of in place for week one. Like, that's the thing that I think is going to be shocking to a lot of people is I think they thought it was going to be more – of a battle for some of these spots, but it looks like it's going to be prior Nelson Kelly Pinter um, and Braden Smith is the five. For
2: That's shot. pretty much how I saw it. That's pretty much how I saw it as well. No, no surprise. You know, I, the battle people was talking about maybe Bri- prior getting kicked inside the guard and Ryman winning the the, the tackle spot. and maybe Dennis Kelly, you know, being a swing tackle, but, uh, This was Pryor's job, and and Ballard said that early on, so that's pretty much the notion that I ran with, that this was Pryor's job to lose. And by the way, they've been coming out every single training camp practice, you know, lined up with Pryor as the number one left tackle. It's not as good of a battle as everybody anticipated. And, And the only reason I kind of perked up to it was because Chris Ballard was asked specifically about it, and he listed it, you know, as one of the, things, position battles, he was looking forward to when when was, when was he was posed with the question. So he listed left tackle, he listed uh, tight end two, I believe, and and safety, if I remember correctly. So I was looking at the left tackle position closely, but as Destin was telling me, you know, all the training camp practices he's been in so far, he's been a left tackle. Everybody else out there, uh, all the great guys, Kevin Bourne, Nate Atkins, Jake Arthur, I've been seeing all those guys, Brimmer, just talk about, prior getting all of the snaps. So I guess it's not the battle we anticipated. Um, hopefully Danny Pinterest, you know, solidifying himself and getting comfortable with the guard position. I know he never played the guard position full time, was a former tight end, I believe, and converted to tackle. And, and now he's playing right guard, man. And I'm excited to see what he can do. He, he can excel at center. So I think he can, I think he can be a pretty good right guard, man. Hopefully, hopefully brayden smith's bringing them along there's going to be brayden smith's running mate for the next couple of years and, and hopefully they could establish the chemistry and and get a couple of snaps in this weekend
4: hopefully for the next couple of years i think hopefully for the next 10 years hopefully for longevity with those two guys obviously a couple of other things i noticed on here the rookie ryan van demarck has the number two right tackle spot over the veteran dennis kelly that one was interesting to me uh Justin, I know you were a fan of Van Demark in the draft process. Uh, talk to us about what Van is is doing a little bit to separate himself from Dennis Kelly. Obviously, you mentioned uh, it, the the edge rushers, the twos with the second team. They're doing a little bit good. What is what, what is it about Van that's separating himself from, from Kelly specifically?
3: Um, I really don't think it's been anything much other than Dennis Kelly has now missed practice uh, over a week. Um, because he, he went down with an injury and uh, Frank um, made it pretty clear you know, on Sunday's practice afterwards that he's probably going to miss some time. Um, so I think Vandemark's probably going to take that spot. They gave him a good amount of money as an undrafted free agent anyway. So I, I think it was his spot to lose in that site, but they liked Kelly. They do, and maybe he ends up on that season pup list as well. I don't know
4: and Rashad you noticed earlier how Matt Pryor Matt Pryor had his had his best day of practice but if it was Ryman now Ryman Ryman is do, do out there manhandling guys you know
3: man
2: um you should have took that bet Mike nah, <laughs> now bet. now
4: I wouldn't hey say man right
3: now Pryor was manhandling anybody
4: now right, right now you know I don't I'm not gonna say like I feel too good because again we haven't even played a preseason snap yet uh I, I like to hear, you know, Matt Pryor separating himself, which is what I, I expected it again. Ryman is a rookie. I don't think he's ready yet. Uh, he's not getting blown up or destroyed in camp. So that's a good thing, especially if the Colts, you know, kind of look at him and majority of the fan base kind of look at him as the long-term left tackle. So that's a good thing that, uh, that he's not, you know, getting blown up, destroyed in camp, but with Pryor, from from, you know, just asking a couple people, he's getting a little bit better and better each day. You know, early on, Destin, you were talking to me. and You were telling me, you know, Yannick was whooping his butt. And then, like you said earlier, he had his best day. His feet are getting better. His technique is getting better. And that's something that I just you know, that's why I felt good about saying prior would be left tackle uh, one because he's a vet in this game already he learned a little bit about technique leverage playing tackle when he played right tackle started four games for the colts last year went up against some pretty good edge rushers learned a little bit about that in terms of technique he's fought for positions a lot he was a two-star at college battled a four-star lineman to win the right guard job at tcu he's he's used to being in position battles already this is you know, uh walk in the park for him. I believe he's been here. He's, he's done that. So I'm, I'm comforted that he's, you know, taking this lead, but again, preseason hasn't even come yet. We'll get to that here in a little bit, but I'm not, you know, you know, taking my victory lap yet. I'm not, I'm not doing that yet. So, I've learned in the past. But again, Ryman, third-round rookie. A humble, Mike. You're growing right
2: before my very eyes, bro. I'm proud of you. (laughs) You're really growing up, man.
4: (laughs) Hey, man, Ryman is a third-round rookie. He's going to grow up. He's going to get better. He's going to learn to play left tackle at the NFL level. So if he's able to do that, the Colts just might have their long-term left tackle in him if Matt Pryor doesn't reach the level the Colts really want at that specific spot. Now, that was the offense side of the depth chart but getting into the next is a sponsored segment by Manscape if you haven't heard already it's mood sack summer everybody when you're playing in the summer sun Make sure you're skate for complete smoothness. That's right. This is the summer to keep your package cool while still looking hot with Manscaped. The leader in below the belt grooming is making sure we all have a ball this summer by giving your pant partners everything they need to stay fresh. Dive headfirst into Smooth Sack Summer by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with our code BSTABLE20. Again, guys, they got. Plenty of great products over there at Manscaped. I use quite a few of them myself. Run over there and get 20% off. They also have a summer sale, an additional 20% off. So you get to double dip a little bit of that in there as well. So getting into the defensive side of the ball, here we go. Let's start with the defensive line, okay? So let's go to the defensive line. Talking about you already know who your four starters are going to be. You got Yannick Ngakwe, Grover Stewart, Doa Forrest Buckner, Quiddy Pay. Now, behind them, something was a little bit interesting. Uh, someone pointed it out, someone that sent me a DM, that Dio Odangbo was a third-string lineman. I don't read in too much into that. That's probably just where they have him listed. Uh, I don't think he's going to play more outside snaps than Taquan Lewis. He's still going to play a huge role in the defensive line. He's going to get the fifth most sta- snaps, I think. May- maybe fifth or sixth most, uh, along with, you know, battling with Ben or Taequann in terms of snaps. But I-, I-, I wouldn't worry about that too much about Dio. He's going to be a featured player in this scheme. But the backups, guys, let's talk about that. Taekwon Lewis, R.J. McIntosh, De- Destin, you mentioned him. In your article, you mentioned him at the beginning of the show. Eric Johnson, the second, the fifth-round rookie. And then you got Ben Bandegu. again. Uh, talk about this second unit of defensive linemen and what you're seeing from them because, like you said, they've gone up against the first-team offensive line What are some of the things you're seeing that Taekwon is looking like, obviously, after the horrific injury last year? Ben, uh, well, let's just be honest. It was never really a talent issue with him. And then you got R.J. McIntosh, the vet that was brought in. You got Eric Johnson, the second. How are those guys looking?
3: Yeah, I mean, Ben training camp Banigou is out in full force, obviously. Um, But I will say, I, I just think the Leo spot, you can tell in camp that it fits him. It really does. Um, so you you can tell that he's just a little bit more comfortable he's had snaps where he's won against the first team um, offensive line He he's really done well against the second team offensive line I, I think him as the backup Leo was pretty penciled in for me um, Eric Johnson man he has this just explosive first step we, and you see it live and it's just fun I, I'm pretty pumped to watch him during preseason and then RJ McIntosh is a guy again a lot of people haven't talked about but I think he's going to be a dang good run stopper um, just to come in whenever ne- he's needed, really. Um, he, he's looked good in camp. I think he's kind of separated himself from some of those third-string guys. Um, Curtis Brooks at times, um, I, I know a lot of people saw him as a third-string rookie guy. They still really like him. I think they're just trying to figure out what the best role for him in this defense will be. And, and Taequann Lewis, I mean, he, he didn't have to open up on the – um, staying on the pup very long so that was a pretty good sign for him um, and he's been he's been easing his way back in he's had some good practices but I wouldn't say he's popped by any means but I think he had that spot behind Quiddy pretty on lock anyway
2: yeah man uh, I think the, the whole diode thing that you was addressing earlier I think it's just a matter of him being able to play multiple positions due to his versatility you know the coach didn't put much effort into this depth chart this is not fi- finalized or anything like that dial going to get snaps and he's going to get snaps all over and similar to curtis brooks you know they are seen that he was getting snaps at the big end position which i think is an interesting twist you know from a guy who worked exclusively inside in college at cincinnati so i, I like to see them moving him around and playing to his strengths because when he was in the middle He wasn't allowed to just be a pure pass rusher. You know, he had other responsibilities. They asked different things of him. But that's not to say that that pass rushing isn't one of his strengths, you know, if he was asked to do that in that role. But as the big big end, he'll set the edge on run plays. You know, when you have a lot of the bigger body guys, when you go against your Derrick Henrys and things like that, I think that's a role you can see him get some snaps at early on in the season and find a way to put him on the field. Because a lot of these defensive linemen, You need them to be fresh. You don't want them taking a whole bunch of snaps. That's how your defense gets wore down and beaten down. This defensive line likes to rotate. Gus Bradley's always been a a, a guy that rotates early and often from, well, from when I started watching him closely with his Chargers days. He's always been a heavy, heavy rotator. Don't want you to take too many snaps. Don't like to keep a fresh set of people attacking at all times is a priority for Gus Bradley.
4: Eric Johnson is the one that kinda sticks out to me a little bit because Obviously, the word around town has been his first step is just so quick. And I think one of the best, if not the best trait a rookie defensive tackle can have is that first step off the line of scrimmage, especially if you face again these lower tier guards, lower tier centers that you can definitely get by. Right now, it's going to be about if his first step is there, you know, Going forward, I want to see, you know, how he uses his hands, how he uses his pull, you know, his rips and everything, how he does all that, even though that's more of an edge rusher type move. I'm I'm intrigued by that because that's something you're going to need, especially if you're going to rely on DeForest Buckner and Dial Dangbo on your pass rush in the interior. Those guys are going to have to have a break eventually. So not putting everything on Taekwon inside and out. You also got a guy who you know has a quick First step in our uh, not RJ, freaking RJ, um, Eric Johnson. That's obviously important in in my opinion. So, again, real quick before we move on to the linebackers, Destin, this actually hasn't been discussed a lot, I've noticed, but I do want to get your opinion. W- what is the second year product, Quitty Pay, look like so far? Because obviously, you know, some would say he had an underwhelming rookie year. I wouldn't necessarily say that Uh, he figured out a little bit as the season went on, but how has he looked in camp so far? This is the second year defensive
3: end, you know, we're expecting some good things out of him this year. Yeah. I mean, pay Quiddy's been pretty consistent now. Um, I think the thing for him and Yannick um, is that Yannick is getting to go against the left tackle every single day, which right now is a bigger question mark than Braden Smith. So Quiddy pay is going against Braden Smith almost entirely every single day Um, I think it's going to make him better I think he is showing off a little bit more moves in the pass rush um, and I guess we'll see if he how many snaps he gets in preseason if he gets to show those off but I'm not worried about quitting I think I think he's still going to have a pretty productive year Um, I think he's still going to be that second pass rusher but I think that could be better for him
4: all right good stuff good stuff going on to the linebackers here ladies and gentlemen obviously your three traditional if the you know if you had your starters. Your three traditional linebackers would be Bobby Okereke, Shaquille Leonard, and Zaire Franklin. We obviously, you know, know who Shaquille Leonard is. There's not an update as of right now about where he is injury-wise. We won't get into that. Bobby Okereke, I'm very interested because he's one of those players where you think like, you know, is he a guy that Chris Ballard is going to bring back? You see a lot of contracts that, that can be given out over the next year. This is going to be a year where he really does have to play a little bit more better to catch those eyes of Chris Ballard and say, you know what? I need to give you this contract. But when it comes to the backups, okay, Bobby Okereke's backup, the middle linebacker is actually going to be EJ Speed, which is interesting because behind, he used to be the backup will to Shaquille Leonard. Now he's that guy behind Bobby O'Karake, but I think an interesting development because of that is the emergence of Forrest Ryan. Now, again, this is the early depth chart, but the rookie Forrest Ryan is listed as the backup to, I want to say, the backup to Shaquille Leonard. So your backup linebackers as of right now, EJ Speed, uh Forrest Ryan, and Jojo Doman. So you got two rookies, you know, playing, making some plays out there. Uh Destin. Talk to us about these depth guys, because, again, we already know who these guys are uh, in the starters, but these depth guys, you know, that that seems to be more of what we've been talking about this whole show. So really, what, what are you seeing, especially from the guy EJ Speed, who I'm hoping to see a lot more of this year?
3: Uh, yeah, first I'll say that a lot of people were shocked about the Bobby um, being at the wheel spot and Shaquille moving over to the mic. Um, in practice, Bobby's really just only been working in the wheel spot. So I felt like that was a indication of what they were moving towards. Um, so if um, Shaquille's going to miss any time early on, they've been running Bobby at the wheel, Zaire at the mic, and then EJ Speed at the Sam. Um, so that is what should be expected if Shaquille's not out there. But currently, looking at the backup, Speed, Ryan, Doman. Uh, Forrest Ryan, I mean, he came out really fast. Um, he's been out of practice for a few days. He was back on Sunday finally. Um, so there was a little cool off there. If you want my big hot take of, of camp so far, JoJo Doman is a – I'm penciling him in the 53. Um, JoJo, man, he looks good. He really does. He's been running as the backup Mike. So seeing him um, as the backup Sam here to Zaire, I wonder if it's just because he's been backing up Zaire the entire time in camp at the Mike right now because Shaquille's not out there. But because I just really am not sure what the Mike spot looks like right now, if Shaquille's not out there early on. I think JoJo has just earned that spot because he has been primarily the guy behind Zayo. They don't have many guys that they've put out on that area. And he just looks good, man. He's been he's been fast. He's been around the ball. I think he's just separating himself from a lot of these other guys, outside of speed, obviously, is that fourth linebacker. But for that five cut, to me, it's looked like Jojo is the fifth best linebacker out there.
2: Yeah, man. An interesting thing that 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 caught my attention about the depth chart is the switch um you know from Bobby Okereke from Mike to Will and there Shaquille Leonard going from Will to Mike you know in Gus Bradley's defense the Will has a lot of responsibility as far as matching up you know with with the guys the tight ends the, the slot guys uh the running backs coming out of the backfield and maybe Gus wants Bobby in that role because he feels like that fits his, his strong suit better than better that it does Shaquille. You know, he wants Shaquille to take that micro role so he can be in the middle and playing in space, reading the quarterback, getting a feel, and making plays. Since he's the playmaker, you want the playmaker to be out in the middle, you know, kind of getting a feel, playing in space, and reacting to what he sees that the quarterback is doing or what, or the plays development, the different route distributions that's coming from out of the backfield, I think that plays more to Shaquille's strong suit. So it's interesting to see that, that those two made a switch. I, I think it'll benefit both of them. Uh, Bobby's a big, fast guy that can run. He covers really well. I think Shaquille will be fine. I know I know everybody's panicking right now and, and freaking out with, with the reports from NFL Network and everything that's going on with him. You know, hopefully he be back soon. But I, I'm not worried about as far as Shaquille missing time. You know, he's one of those guys that if anybody can miss time and I feel like we'll be fine whenever they got back, he is one of those guys. As far as the later, the you know, the guys that's on the back end, the bottom half of the depth chart, uh, I'm shocked Sterling Weatherford's not a little bit higher. He was a guy I was a little higher on before training camp. But the way JoJo has been performing from everything I've heard, it, it, it's pretty much, you know, he put it he put it to bed. It was kind of a neck and neck race going into training camp, which one of those guys was going to take that step because they, they, they were kind of similar in profile. You know, I know JoJo went to a bigger school and he's not as quite of a big of athlete. But he has a better feel for the position at this moment. weatherford has been a safety his whole collegiate career. So he was making a complete position transfer. And I think he'll do better. You know, if he didn't make the 53, he was able to get to the practice squad. I think they get a chance to work with him. They see him as one of those balls of clay to a physical freak and, and a guy that they spent more time with has more upside. But JoJo might be the right guy for the position right now.
4: Interesting stuff. I know you and uh, yourself and Destin were big fans of Sterling Weatherford uh, in this past draft cycle. You guys had him in mock drafts. And obviously when he was announced, he was signing with the Colts as undrafted free agent. You guys were excited again, former safety converted linebacker. He is now going to be able to showcase what he can do in three preseason games for the Colts this season. So now moving on to the corners, before we get on to the safeties, and I mean, we can discuss kickers. You know, our, our good friend Zach Hicks, this will be his favorite segment when that comes out. We're, not, on we're, not, here we're later. not
3: discussing kickers, I'm just I'm not gonna stay <laughs> um, Here for
4: corners, okay? We already know if the traditional third linebacker Zaire Franklin is not in there, Kenny Moore will be your starting nickel. Stephon Gilmer, the former defensive player of the year, he will be your starting uh, number one corner. And then an interesting debate about the number two corner outside opposite of, of Gilmore is Brandon F- fat of right now. And, uh, Rashad, I want to hand you the mic here r- real quick, and then we'll go to Destin for those who, you know, are curious about what this, why is Facion on, you know, number two over Rogers, obviously Rogers is a ascending young, uh, player. He's a fan favorite. Talk to the people why a guy like Faceon, a vet in this game, would be number two over Rodgers.
2: Um, a lot of people is probably unaware that, that, that Brandon's been with Gus Bradley his whole career, literally, since he was bought in by the Chargers as a rookie, you know, moving with him to the Raiders and now moving with him again with the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, Brandon has been in his system for, for a long time you know, for, for a few years, he's a bigger corner. He plays completely different from Isaiah Rogers. Uh, He's a big physical guy, six foot two. He's a guy that's going to get up on you, play press. And he has the lint that you want from your boundary corners. You know, that that's the type of body type that Chris Ballard loves. And that's the type of body type that Gus Bradley wants in his defense. So it's no shock to me you know, that that he is the guy that, that's getting the call at the number two corner spot. Isaiah Rogers, that's that's no knock on him, though. You know, he's a guy that wins in a completely different way. He wins with his feet, his hips, his quickness, his speed, you know, he and he's a great guy when it comes to going to play the ball. You know, he makes plays on the ball. That's what I love about Isaiah Rogers for his size. I would like him to be more physical, you know, when, when the ball does arrive, you know, playing through the catch point, I would like him to get better at that, and get a little stronger at that. But, you know, you can't really find many nat- knocks in his game. You know, he has the recovery speed when he does get beat or make a technical mistake. But Brandon is just not a guy that's gonna make those mistakes. You know, he, he doesn't break down technically, he doesn't break down fundamentally. He's just gonna be a big long corner. He's gonna make the plays on the ball, when it's contested catch situations, he's a little stronger, able to rip the ball out. He's going to disrupt the uh, the routes at the line of scrimmage. That's his strong suit, and that's the way he plays. And, and that's what Gus Bradley favors, clearly.
3: Yeah, I mean, I didn't think it was that big of a shock. I mean, on has been pretty much dominating the first team snaps for that spot. I mean, that was one of the big talks of every time I've been there um, is that he's Kind of had the grip on that second outside corner spot, but he's been with Bradley for quite some time. I still think it's pretty evident that when they when they call that heavy press type range, you're gonna see Rodgers on the field. Um, like, like just, you're just not gonna be able to keep him off the field in certain situations. Um, I think face on may see more red zone snaps, for an example, um, where they're gonna to want to get, keep Isaiah Rogers where he can make up ground and that type of realm of it. I think it's just going to be all about keeping these guys fresh. I'm not really worried about who has the most snaps at the end of the day. Um, I just want those four corners to stay healthy. And the big one for me was that Marvell Tell has been able to separate himself and stay as the backup there on the second spot. Um, just because I think this was a big training camp for him after last year, not being able to make the roster, getting put on the practice squad here and there. I think him coming out and being able to earn that backup spot and hopefully earning uh 53 man roster spot would be big for him and the Colts because they like tell he's shown some promise. So if Marvell tell is your fifth corner, I feel like that's a really good spot for this room that we've not had in a long, long time.
4: Yeah. Marvell tell obviously that he also, uh, sat out the 2020 year, obviously when the pandemic happened. So he hasn't seen live action in well two years. And so now this is obviously a big camp for him. Uh, other corners that were on the roster, obviously, um, Anthony Chesley, Rookie Dayless Flowers, Marcel Dabo. Uh, no, he's listed as safety. Chris Wilcox. Um, man, Chris Wilcox. Wow. Uh, and Alex Myers is also listed as the corners on this depth chart. Now let's get into the safeties because this one is gonna be, it's gonna be exciting. Um, so the listed starters are going to be Julian Blackman and starter rookie. Nick Cross. Nick Cross is listed as the starter right now. Now, before we get into Nick Cross, Destin Rashad, help me out. Is Rodney McLeod not starting because this is an early punishment for getting into a fight with the star of the football team, Michael Pittman? I don't know about the
2: star, star of the football team, but go ahead, <laughs> I
3: mean, they, They've sprinkled in McLeod um, there. Him and Cross have kind of been going back and forth. It feels like that strong safety spot is one of the true non-decided starting spots. If you look in camp, how they're splitting up reps. I just think when you see the athleticism of a Blackman Cross back end, I don't see how they can't keep it out there because there's just such a high potential of that duo. Now, we know that the... Gus Bradley likes to run three safety sets. McLeod is going to get his. Um, So I really don't think it's going to end up being an issue whether McLeod is the technical starting strong safety. If he ends up taking it at some point in camp, because he's a vet who's been around for a while. Um, But I'm not shocked to see cross there. I mean, cross had multiple days where he had all the first team snaps before McLeod got to kind of start getting sprinkled in here and there.
2: Yeah, I was going to mention that. I was going to mention McLeod starting on the pup list, Um, although it was for an extremely short time, but he did start out training camp on the pup list, kind of gave Nick Cross that jump. And then Nick Cross catching the interception on the first day of practice, it really, you know, that helped, that played into his his favor a lot. But I just love Nick Cross, man. His big physical ability, even the plays he get beat on, he's right there. And I'm like, I'm not even mad at that, you know, to see a, a rookie, just get beat by by a guy that's a vet you know that that happens but it's the way and the facet that you get beat in that let me know you know exactly what's going on it's not a blown coverage it's not a mental mistake it's not a fundamental breakdown it's just a guy getting the better of you on a rep which is going to happen you know as long as you play but but the way he looks out there he's looked like he's moving fast he's flying around um He's actually ahead of schedule from where I thought he would be, honestly, at this time, you know, before he played his first ever preseason game. Now, I would like to save it for a game and actually see him in a game before I just go off of what I'm seeing now in training camp. But it, all arrows are pointing up for him. And I wouldn't be surprised if week one comes around, man, and, and he he takes that starting spot because he's pl- been playing just that well. And shout
3: out Rodney Thomas the second having that backup free safety spot over a guy like Armani Watts, who's a vet. Um, They like Marcel Dabo, that German exchange guy going Mm. through. But the thing to always mention is that Dabo is a free roster spot for the Colts. They can have him on the practice squad for free, doesn't have to go through waivers. A very, very unique situation. So I feel like they like the raw athleticism there. They like the size. They've really been running him in the safeties primarily. So I feel like Dabo's a guy to watch because they're probably going to slide him onto the practice squad, let him work for a year and kind of see how that all plays out Um, but Rodney Thomas having that spot over Armani Watts that was a big one for me that he's been able to show it enough to have it there because Armani Watts I mean he's not a great bet by any means but he's been around so Thomas being able to be a seventh round pick and earning that spot early is big
4: I mean Daniel Sorensen started over him so I'm not really too shy Rodney Thomas is starting over Armani Watts so I'm not really making that too big of a deal but hey shout out freaking ronnie thomas man y'all know i love him y'all know i'm a big fan of this guy so.
2: that's your boy huh i said that's your boy that's, that's my guy boy. that's
4: my guy man i'm ready is, is to yell your, I'm ready yale
3: to your second action. football team is yale your second football team going forward you got tcu horn frogs first and you got yale second
2: all all mike does is yell on the podcast hey man
4: i haven't been
3: yelling for a while
2: Nah, you've been, been doing good, man. I, have, doing good. I haven't
3: been yelling for a while. You know I mean? <laughs> All right, guys. No, I think that's two dad jokes in a row right. in like a 30-second
2: realm, so I think we're cut off. I'm an actual dad, though. I'm allowed to get that off. That right is true. Now.
4: That is true. <laughs> and Mar- uh, Marcus, you have a new TikTok idea now. So, uh, But, yeah, again, I'm excited to see Rodney Thomas. Obviously, we'll get into that here in a little a uh, little bit more. But, again, shout out Rodney Thomas. And uh, I don't think we really need to talk about kickers. Just bring one in that can hit the damn ball through the goalpost. Eight million, eight billion people in the world find one. Okay. So now. Parity. Um,
2: <laughs> Parity. Go ahead.
4: <laughs> <laughs> the Colts guys have a football game this Saturday. And I'm pretty excited about it because j- just football being back is exciting again. So let's talk about it. We're not going to get too uh in you know in in deep detail with everything here because obviously it's a preseason game we don't need to you know go through all the all the little details you know what i'm saying we don't got to be bothered uh by those things at all but before we get to that get 20% off with free shipping with the code Bstable20 at manscape.com that's 20% off plus free shipping with the code Bstable20 at manscape.com it's, n- it's smooth sack summer boys get on board or get left behind so let's get into this uh preseason game now another interesting fact was frank wright coming out and you know openly saying that the starters are gonna play a little bit more than usual obviously when that was said my heart dropped a little bit uh when when we turn the tv on let's just say that our we're gonna be holding our breath every snap destin rashad what do you guys make of Frank Wright coming out and saying the starters are going to play a lot more uh, or not a lot more, but they're going to get some more run than they usually would.
3: I get it. I mean, they've been starting out slow the last few years. Um, Does it terrify me? Yeah. But Matt Ryan said that he's missed playing in the preseason the last couple of years um, a little bit because he hasn't, he didn't play at all last year under the first year coach, Arthur Smith, the COVID year obviously was a really, really unique situation going on with how they operated So, I mean, if the guys want to because of the Matt Ryan addition and trying to get that under wraps, I get it. Um, I still hope it's not a lot. I I hope we see the, the starters two drives maximum in any game. You know, if I see him more than two, I just I just don't understand. And there are some guys that don't need to be out there. Jonathan Taylor, I don't want to see you. I don't care if Shaquille Leonard's back starts feeling amazing week three of preseason. You better not strap him up in the preseason whatsoever. And I really don't want to see Matt Ryan out there after week two, personally. But they'll do whatever they got to do. They don't care what Destin Adams says.
2: Yeah, man. Uh... It's preseason, man. You know, you want to you want to see the young guys get the reps. Uh, this is kind of their moment too. I, I'm a sucker for the guys that that on the 90 man roster that's not gonna make it to 53. This is their moment to, in, in my opinion, man. Uh, seeing having a family member that 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 was one of those guys that had to fight for a roster spot you know seeing what they go through the grind that it is and the memories that it creates man i like to see those guys so i want to see them get as much action as they can sure you put them out there for you put the starters out there for a series or two because you know if you're playing matt you pretty much have to play the starting offensive line too you're not going to put him out there with a bunch of backup offensive linemen to protect him. so that you just, you know, is it worth it? Especially when it comes to week two, when they're live practicing against the Lions. When the game time comes, you don't need to see those guys. Like, like it, it it's pretty pointless at that point. So, hopefully, those guys get in for a quick one, two series max. In my opinion and then get those guys out of there. You let the guys fight that really has something to prove, the guys that really need the reps. If you want to play some of your starters that's rookies a little longer, that's understandable. You want to play Nick Cross a couple of extra series, a series or two. You want to play Alec Pierce a series or two. You want to give Jelani Woods and Ogletree snaps. Have at it. Knock yourself out. I understand it totally from that perspective. But I don't need to see Paris Campbell out there too long. Just this... Naheem Hines, that's nothing to prove out there. You know, like, I just want those guys to be injury-free, please.
4: Yeah, Taylor Hines, Gilmore, Leonard, Buckner, uh, you know, Ngakwe, those are the guys that, man, I just – I really don't need to see you. We'll see you in Houston uh, week one. So, guys, here we go. We're not going to – you know, this isn't your regular pregame or anything, but the Colts are traveling to Buffalo. I don't really give a damn if Josh Allen or Stefan Diggs or Gabriel Davis is playing. I I don't care. But what is one room that you're going to be paying attention to when this game is going on? Uh, Rashad, let's go with you first.
2: Oh man. I kind of tipped my hand when I was going through the people that I wanted to see play. Uh, it's this tight end room, man. I want to see what those guys got. Cause it's, uh, it's three of those guys that really need to show something this Saturday, Colin Granson, Uh, Drew Ogletree, Jelani Woods, they're going to get a lot of snaps, they're going to get a lot of reps. I want to see what those guys can do because we need a playmaker to emerge from that position. Although we have Moelle Cox who's number one clear cut, we need a playmaker uh, aside from him to emerge whether it's Granson doing it with his quick feet and his route running ability or whether it's Drew Ogletree or Jelani Woods doing it with their size, we need to find that mismatch that we can rely on throughout the season. So I'm going to be looking for the tight ends, which some, one of y'all show me something, man. Hey,
4: I like that because Nick Foles is a guy who's been a Super Bowl MVP. He has been in big, high-profile games. He, know, he knows what is expected of him. He knows how to play. I think that's a really great option to have as your second uh quarterback especially if he's going to get more preseason reps to really see where your guys are guys like Drew drew ogletree guys like jelani woods and obviously uh in the receiver room i do love that aspect i'm not sure how much more we're going to get of nick Foles. maybe like three series maybe the first half but you know it's a a little bit better than having to you know use sam ellinger to uh decide where guys are at no shots intended
3: Yeah, for me, the guys I'm excited to see that may some people may look at this not that exciting. I'm really excited to see this second team offensive line. Um, just because in years past, the depth in the offensive line has come to eat us in the butt, man, just and cause issues. I like a lot of these young guys, but I'm really curious to see how they can hold their own if they ever had to start this year. Um, Ryman at left tackle. A lot of good things are coming out about the vet out of IU. Um, Jason Spriggs at um, the guard spot. Wesley French, who has the backup center spot right now uber-athletic guy Um, RAS is in the plus nine at the center spot so excited to see him out there I'm a big Will Fries guy and I've heard so many good things from the team that they really like his potential as a backup guard Um, and then we got Ryan Van DeMarc right now penciled in at the right tackle with Dennis Kelly down so I'm really excited to see all those youth in that second offensive line just give them some live action snaps
4: we stain Will Fries on this podcast, all right? Let's just make that be known.
3: Hey, uh, we have a French and we have fries right next to each other. Hey, French fry! We, we got Wesley at the center. We got I legit didn't even think about that. Yeah, we but, got Wesley.
2: But we French. have the dad jokes, right? Hey, okay. hey, hey
3: I'm just saying. Okay. Okay, I'm just saying on the back of their jerseys, you're gonna see Wesley French in the center and you're gonna see Will Fries at right guard. That's just perfect. Oh, marketing dude, right we there. need that in the preseason. We please
4: give us that. Oh, no. it's gotta be I mean, that, Chris the Strasser, Please give us that on Saturday.
2: Don't give us that. I can do without it. I promise you. I can, I can do without French fries. Hey man, we just need the memes and,
4: and the graphic designs okay that's what we needed. For, okay? <laughs> um, my position i'm gonna go uh with the secondary in general obviously you know Gilmore um, Kenny Moore, Brandon Facian with Isaiah rogers i want to see a little bit more in his technique, what he's working on whoever the wide receiver one is going to be for Buffalo. I-, I don't expect Diggs to be that guy, but if he is, i would like to see him matched up on the outside. When it comes to other corners, obviously everybody behind Rodgers, Marvell Tell, um, Anthony Chesley, you got uh, Tony Brown, who's also listed as a uh, nickel guy. I want to see where those guys go right now. It's preseason. They're not going to be, you know, uh, coaching all the specifics. They just want to know, can you stick to your assignment and can you play special teams? That's really what they're looking for. Can you stick to your assignment? Don't be the reason why a blown coverage is is made. Just stick to your assignment. Do what you got to do. Do the basic stuff. And when we get into the season, we'll start coaching more and more on that, uh, on all the advanced stuff and everything. With the safeties, obviously, again, Rodney McLeod, if he plays or not, I don't know. Julian Blackman, Nick Cross, but guys like Marcel Dabo, guys like Armani Watts, Rodney Thomas II. I want to see where those guys are again when it comes to special teams when it comes to their assignments whether if they're ever playing single high if they're in the box if they're just playing that uh hybrid safety role what are cuz each each obviously each safety spot is going to have its different assignments but who just does the basics right that's really all all it's going to be it's not just just do the little things right in the preseason. And I think you'll get far. So other than that, guys, uh, I don't think we have anything else. Any other closing remarks from you guys?
2: Uh, Thanks for tuning in, man. Appreciate it. Uh, Y'all go check out our articles. Dustin has his training camp recap article, and I have my season preview articles. Y'all go to the bluestable.com. I'm sure sure Mike will have it linked somewhere in the description. I'll go check that out, man. On the very bottom, very,
4: very bottom. Like, don't, don't even go all the way down there like that. But uh, obviously, shout out uh, Destin Rashad. They are our NFL insiders, writers for the Blue Stable. Obviously, you saw that with the titles that they have. Uh, they're obviously going up there big time big games that's why we always say i need a little i need a grant i need a loan or something got to help pay these bills and i know y'all got the extra change and everything so uh other than that guys once again make sure if you are not already subscribed to the blue stable comment down below what are your thoughts from this depth chart what are your thoughts and what are you expecting looking for from this preseason game again subscribe help us get to 1,000 subscribers we're almost there guys we need your help we need your help check out all the articles you possibly can on the bluestable.com once again he is Destin Adams he is Rashad McGinnis I am Michael Pevia we will see you next week hopefully talking about Rodney Thomas emerging as the starting strong safety because again who's oh, Nick Cross when you
0: got Rodney Thomas we'll see you next week